Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, there's the things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah Well, I wish it could be that time in between Christmas and New Year's all the time Which it, the whole year has been that weird time between Christmas and and New Year's, you know, that's we've had a year of it. We're used to this. This is not new. We're not confused. We feel comfortable. It's a lovely time. Uh, the day today. What day is it? It's it's Monday. It's a bank holiday. Yes, it is Monday. And it is. I'll tell you the date now. The 28th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 30 days of September, June, November, all those 31. 29, 30, 31. So then New Year's Eve will be uh, someday soon. Thursday? New Year's Day, Friday? Um, so yeah, welcome along to the podcast. It is the Keith Walsh podcast, excuse me for being slightly distracted, but it is that weird time between Christmas and New Year's, and frankly, I don't know what's going on, where I am, who I am. Um, but I am putting up a podcast. Yeah, I decided... You know what? To hell with it. We'll put up a podcast. I might even put up two. I'm definitely putting this one up. This is uh, me chatting to my friend Mike. I disturbed his Christmas break. But, you know, let's face it, like me, he's not doing much anyway. So it was actually nice to chat to him. Nice to catch up. Uh, nice to talk absolute nonsense for a little while. Uh, I just had my I just had me tea. Do you call your um, evening meal your tea or your dinner? Uh, my wife made a delicious... Suzanne's my wife's name, thanks for asking. My wife made a delicious roasted pepper soup. So it's uh, basically, you, you get your onions and you soften them up and then you roast the peppers, a load of peppers, like I think she bought about 18 peppers, a load of tomatoes, a load of garlic, and you roast all that on trays in the oven. And then you chuck it all in a big pot with the onions and I think she might, throw, I think a bit of stock, yeah. And, uh, you know, cook it up a little bit and then blitz it. Donner, blitz it. Um, and uh, that's it. And you eat it then. Bit of basil. Absolutely delicious. And then she was like dishing up the curry for the men. I was like, that's enough. That's enough for me, love. I've just I've had enough. Thank you. She's trying to fatten me up. For next Christmas, clearly. Um, actually, speaking of fattening up, this is uh, this is my successful, my first successful Christmas not drinking, sans booze, booze free. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, it was quite uh, it was quite good. I did have times, moments where I was like, oh, come on, I just have a drink. Why not? Like, what difference does it make? You know, I'm not a pro. Like, the reason I stopped drinking wasn't because of any issues or problems I have. It's just I feel like life might be better without it altogether. I could be wrong. But I like these experiments. As Michael actually, Michael, <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, his name is Michael, uh, asks, uh, tells me, and we were talking a little bit about this in the actual podcast, and uh, yeah, he said I'm a bit of a faddist. He said a bit fatty, a bit of a faddist. I don't know what he said, something like that. Anyway, so he did discuss it. No point in me discussing it now. But anyway, I got through Christmas, and it was absolutely grand. And now I will be kicking off my next fad. And it's called 100 Days of No Booze, starts January 1st. If you want to join me, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I think I'm just Keith on Keith under, Keith Walsh underscore Walsh on Instagram. You'll find me. I'm the Keith Walsh on Instagram that isn't the scriptwriter, skateboarder uh, or solicitor. Hopefully you'll find me. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing, I'll be sort of sharing hints and tips and tricks and thoughts and feelings and uh, experiences so far uh, for the 100 days of no booze. It gets you into March. I think it gets you up to nearly St. Patrick's Day. Sure, who, what would we be doing anyway? Now, you could sort of go, well, I won't be doing that anyway. I might as well drink. The only way of getting through this is with the drink. Or you could say, you know what, it's a good time to knock it on the head. You don't have to be, a, you know, a problem drinker or you don't have to have a problem with the drink. Just see what it's like. A few people have gotten in touch with me on social media because as is my thing, I put it up on social media and said, yeah, that's good. I am training for a run. I'm going to kick it off with, not, you know, not drinking for the start of the year. So that'll set me on my way. You know, that, you know, that, that's a good reason. You know, um, so that's that. And also I've been, I think it's, I, it is because I haven't been drinking. I've been eating a lot of sugar. Now I'm, uh, I don't eat dairy and I don't eat meat mostly. But for some reason over the last few days I've been eating chocolate. And I always try and eat chocolate, dairy free chocolate, you know. Uh just what I find, what I like to eat is ninety five percent or eighty five percent chocolate with raisins, you know, because you get the, the the cocoa and you get the goodness of the chocolate, but uh, you get the sweetness from the raisins. And it's quite nice. If you mix up some salty peanuts, here's a free recipe. Maybe I've mentioned this before. Salty peanuts raisins and uh, break up bits of dark chocolate into a bowl. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. But anyway, over Christmas, for some reason, I think I must must have been feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't drinking. I had a lot of chocolate, uh, milk chocolate, um, whatever was hanging around. I was actually going, I went to the shop on Christmas Eve and I bought two big tubs, one of roses and one of celebrations or heroes. Honest to God, I swear to God. And uh, I've since bought a pouch, one of those heroes' pouches, to refill one of the containers. I can't stop myself. So today was the first day where I decided I'll go. Uh, I'll go for as long as I can throughout the day without eating any sugar. And it is now, whatever time it is, seven, eight, ten to eight, and I haven't had any sugar today. So, I mean. My gums are aching. I'm starting to crave it, but uh, so far so good. And if I have a few bits of chocolate just before I go to bed, well, that's fine because then I'm going to bed and I won't be eating it all day. That's the way I look at it. 
Anyway, that's enough about me. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, thank you very much for listening. You can uh, you can contribute a few quid. There's a contributors link. Uh, Two hundred fifty thousand euro or dollars would do. Thanks. Just a one-off payment. Um, in unmarked notes, uh, and uh, you can tell your friends. You see, the way the charts work is the most new listeners. The, the podcast with the most new listeners, I think, does well in the charts. So if you can tell your friends about the podcast. In fact, if you're seeing anybody, you won't be seeing that many people, but if you are seeing anybody over Zoom or whatever, imagine if you're starting a Zoom quiz and you tell everybody to pick up their phone and just subscribe to the podcast at the start. Just go, okay, before we start the Zoom quiz, can everybody pick up their phone, go into your podcast app, wherever you get your podcast, and click, type in the Keith Walsh podcast and click subscribe. Thank you very much, and then just get on with the rest of your day. That's cool. Uh, you can also give me a, a lovely five-star rating if you feel... Uh, that way inclined and uh, write a review all those things help the podcast okay and if you want to email me keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com are the email addresses if you want to get involved and tell me a little story about yourself or something whatever you know Uh, maybe you have a question about your love life you're not sure something's happened you're not sure how to proceed you think maybe Keith can help I don't know why you think that but you know maybe you maybe you it's possible. Uh, you can email me. Absolutely fine. Anyway, that's enough of me wittering on. It's time for more wittering on uh, from me and uh, my friend Mike. This is podcast number, I don't know, 38, 37? And I'll find out. I'll tell you after this. It's me and Mike. Well, the orange the orange top will go with my orange hat that I don't have on at the moment. So if I go hunting, I won't get killed. I won't get mistaken for a deer. Do, do you accessorize hats? What do you like, mean? Do you do you try and match them up? Um, no, I just kind of uh, I throw on like a. <laughs> I haven't been doing much these days, so I just throw on whatever clothes. I haven't had a shower yet, so I put on a hat. Oh, and is that, uh, not, is that the kind of defeating the purpose? Then you're covering dirty hair. No, I just covered so people don't see my messy hair. Yeah, I hear you. I saw a picture of you tweeted the other day. You were in a gym with a hat on. Yeah. What's that all about? I wear a hat in the gym. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Surely you sort of, the whole point of going to a gym is sort of like stripping down to the bare minimum and sort of sweating and doing that sort of stuff. I like to wear, I would like to wear more clothes and then I sweat more, you see. So I wear a hat and I'll wear a sweater. Uh, You see, a sweater is called a sweater because... It makes you sweat more, isn't that it? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it is. I don't know. Actually, who knows? I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there who knows the uh, epidology e- or etymology. Whatever. Etymology. There you go of the word sweater. To sweat. Um, yes. Email email us keithwatchpod at gmail Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. How's your Christmas? Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, it was fine. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Christmas. Um, we we just had the three of us. Yeah, we didn't go anywhere um, due to lockdowns and ages of parents and stuff like that. We went down to the, see them before Christmas and just dropped off a few gifts and sort of socially distanced and that sort of stuff. But uh, the old virus is rampant, so I'm not going to go anywhere near anyone who is not playing by the rules. So uh, I have drawn a line in the sand now. That's it. Where did you get the sand? Uh, in the sandpit. Um, did you like the fact that you couldn't go anywhere? 
Yes. Yeah. And I'd say there's an awful, awful lot of people who just thought, you know what, we don't have to do that shit of packing our car with everything, forgetting stuff, getting to a destination, meeting other people in a really hot house, um, sort of sleeping in beds that you don't really know that much. And then people give you gifts that are too big for you to get back into your car or fly back home with or something. It's just mm. a fucking ball ache. So yeah, much happy that happier that uh, things came mostly by post. Or I uh, actually I did a hundred percent shopping local. I went to shops and I bought little gifts for people. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't do anything by post. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was actually very nice. I mean, we we've done it before, so it's not it's not a new thing. I'm quite miserable about Christmas, and I'd rather sit down and scratch my ass and do nothing on our own anyway. How was right. the uh, how was the imbibing? Did you eat too much? Drink too much? Um... Yes, yeah. Uh, I think I'm now. My bloodstream is in excess of fourteen percent cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we bought. We went to. Um, there's a really nice Duns in Limerick that we went to just before we met our parents, and uh, they have a really nice cheese counter. And it being Christmas, us being on our own, um, we decided to splash out on a nice bit of cheese. So we've had sort of cheesy lunches with all sorts of crackers and stuff. Lovely. Yeah, it was very nice. And how was yours? How was the whole Christmas for you? Were you Great. on your own or? Yeah, well, no, we had, we kind of had family members who had been, um, who had been, uh, what do you call it? Um, they're basically isolating for a couple Sensible. of weeks. So that we could, so that we could all be together, but not that many. Um, and yeah, so we were, we were, we, we were very sensible in the, in the run up to it and we had a few people over and it was nice. It was lovely. It was just, um, it was a nice day. Very cool. I just liked the fact that we didn't have to go anywhere and we couldn't go anywhere and I didn't have to visit anybody. Mm. That was really nice. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was my first, uh, I may have mentioned once or twice. It was my first Christmas. Just, just a little bit. You're like one of these people, you know, how, how do you know if someone's done a marathon? They're going to tell you 17 times in every fucking sentence. So, yeah, you've had a dry Christmas, I understand. It was the first Christmas in 30 years without booze. But I, you see, the thing is, if I don't say it to somebody or I don't say it to everybody, I will. And there was moments over Christmas. There was moments <laughs> over Christmas where I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's Christmas Day. Like, I'll just have a drink. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, but I told everybody. And that was that's my that's my contract basically with the world, and that's how I do things. Like I'll you know if I sign up for a marathon, I do tell people, and I put it up on my social media because then I have to then the pressure's on. I have to do it. I can't drop out at any point. So um, that's you're, that. you're you're quite faddy, are you? Yeah, a, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I I I I'm constantly giving myself challenges and little goals and things. It's not that it's yeah maybe it's faddy, but uh. I it's it's just little goals and I try to try different things like I try and think oh well, I do this all the time what, what if I tried to do something different you know that I wouldn't be used to doing so yeah sometimes it's a it looks like a fad because it's something that I've discovered that I didn't know about before and it turns out other people are discovering it at the same time so it just looks it just appears and it, you know I do like fads like I do kind of go oh, I wouldn't mind trying that um you know having a I wasn't saying that fads were a bad thing. No, no, I know, yeah. But some people would listen to this and go, "Yeah, he's just fucking. He's just a, he's just likes fads." 
Uh, but, you know, I, I might decide to do 30 days of ice baths or something like that. And uh, just to see if it makes any difference. But, yeah, I'm very fatty. Um, and, and after Christmas, I'm very fatty. Hey! <clears throat> and I see you're doing 100 days of non-alcohol or something from the 1st of January. Yeah, so last year, I, that's what's kicked me off with the no booze. Okay. So I mostly didn't drink last year for the whole year. And uh, it was the start of last year. I went, okay, I'm going to, I'd seen, uh, I think it's Kira Kelly. She's on news talk. She was doing, she does this thing every year, hundred days of walking, you know? So you walk yes. every day for hundred days. Um, and I thought, I wonder what it'd be like to do hundred days of no booze because, you know, just because dry January is a thing. And I was like, well, that would bring you up to like kind of just before Paddy's weekend, that might be nice. And uh, yeah, so I just did 100 Days of No Booze. And this year, I've tried to uh, get other people involved and get people to sort of sign up for it. You know, I just feel like, you know, when you commit to something, you're more likely to stick to it rather than go, I'm doing dry January or, you know, actually, you know, what? I'm not doing dry January anymore. I've, you know, after the first weekend. And can, I, can people join this as the later date? Because I've got too much hooch in the house now to, to if, I, if I tried to drink it all by the 1st of January. I'd be fucked. I'd be in hospital for January. But you could just do your 100 days from rehab. Yeah. You know. If, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It would probably be easier. So drink everything you have between now and the 1st of January. Uh, just like, like drink constantly for 24 hours a day until it's all gone and mm-hmm. then go to rehab and we'll check in with you there. It, it would actually make it more. I wonder, would you be able to bring your mic to rehab? Of course I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why make not? It, probably make the podcast more interesting. But uh, <laughs> it's really much. I mean, it is. <laughs> I don't mean it's not interesting. I mean, <laughs> fuck you. What is that? Are you doing another thing of telling people the truth? Is this another fad? <laughs> Fucking useless, boring <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. You know, I didn't mean that. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. It would just make no. This. But what I'm saying is, can you stagger it? Can you start on the 14th of January or something? Yeah, I mean, look, you can start whenever you want, and also you don't have to do it all. But it's just kind of like, even if it gets you through a month where you wouldn't normally do a month, um, mm. it's just a, I, like lots of people just don't want to give up booze, and they'll just say, "Yeah, I don't really drink that much." And I like people, you know, when you put stuff up on social media, like people have been back to me to say, "Look, I I don't really drink that much, so I won't be giving up." You know, I. I don't know why they yeah. feel they need to tell me, but that's fine. Because they got uh, issues. <laughs> but also, like, some people kind of need it to self-medicate, to, to get through life as well. And, mm. and, you know, rather than going to the dock and getting the tablets, maybe a few glasses of wine at the weekend, it gets them through. So it, I'm trying not to be judgmental about it. That's the thing. But it's very hard. Wow. To, it's very hard for um, me. It's very hard for me to not come across as judgmental. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I'm so boring. But that's fine. I mean, I'm taken, <laughs> really, really not I'm taken whatsoever. I've had yeah. many people over Christmas tell me how much they love you and your storytelling. So uh, you are the you are clearly the, the, the star of this podcast. Don't don't read into anything I say because I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I Speaking of it. podcasts, yeah. Um, George Gibney, I just I've just finished that whole thing. I treated myself to the extra bits and everything, and the num- so the episode number ten. Phenomenal, phenomenal oh. podcast. It was voted today, I noticed, as the fifth best podcast in the world for 2020 mm. by The Guardian, which mm. is a left wing brag. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like The Guardian, um, which is uh, phenomenal for it's it's brilliant, but yeah, yeah, it's to- it's just such a brilliant 
a brilliant podcast. I really hope that they get um, results from it. You know, there's been yeah, there's been movement, there's been investigations, there's been talk. I don't know. You see, I was, I don't know what you, maybe it was just me, but there was one girl who now lives in America who gave testimony, who 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 kind of was reluctant to come forward and then did come forward, and she mm. and I was thinking, I wonder, is there something because we can't get at her, we can't get at George and the Irish system can't prosecute him it seems because he's in america or you know it's difficult or the time too much time has passed or something i think it makes a difference if more new people come forward with new evidence but also i I was wondering is because he's in america now if there's someone living in america if they're an american citizens and they bring uh complaints forward would that make a big difference because that would be fantastic i'm i'm no lawyer but i think you're on the on the right direction there i think they made the point that the people who were over here who were part of the initial case that was thrown out by those judges for whatever, for no reason whatsoever, none. No reason. Um, uh, they they um, now can't bring the case again. Yeah. Which is just fucking ridiculous. Which is ridiculous and terrible, but new people have come forward that weren't involved in the initial case, so they can yeah. definitely do something. And then you're into, can we get them back from America? Uh, but maybe if there's people in America, can they prosecute him there? Uh, and for anybody that doesn't know who George Gibney is, he's a, he's a former swim coach. There's a brilliant podcast you should listen to called Where's George Gibney? And mm. uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. It's uh, yeah, well worth a listen. I mean, it's, it's, it's upsetting, but it's also sort of quite uplifting as well in that, you know, they've got this, there's now a community of people that they've managed to get. Um, well, I just... This negativity... Yeah. I just thought Mark Horgan is the guy, mm. uh, one of the guys who made it, the guy you hear talking. Yes. And I just thought his his humanity, like his, because, yeah, like they used a lot of clips of him just arriving at the house and chatting and, you know, do you want a cup of tea? And, you know, the husband is out doing the garden and, the, the, you know, uh, or, there was all do those. Mind, little... Do you mind me parking here? A well-mannered young man. Um, who didn't? Who who seemed like he wasn't part of that world, which obviously he's not part of that world. But the way he just disarmed people, you know, there were people. You know, mind if I just go out and have a fag? Of course, can you just do whatever you want to do? You know, just you know, sit down with the cats for a while, relax. He was just, yeah, he was. He was very, very, a very nice man. I'm sure. Just the way he dealt with those people. And I think sometimes mm. like people have great ideas where they want to investigate something and some some journalists or broadcasters can can believe that the subject matter and their art and their the job that they have is more important than the people involved. Mm. And I and I was just really impressed by his humanity and how the people were first and foremost in the production was afterwards if you know what I mean and I mean yeah. obviously the production was second to none but he was really really aware of yeah. the fact that he was dealing with people here which can sometimes get lost um yeah 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 and and so sensitive so sensitive like in my experience of working radio a lot of the times is that the producers and presenters can be so involved in their great idea that they forget that there's people involved and that they need to be careful of the people involved uh, so it was really great to, to hear the way that that was all handled. I did try and get Mark to come on the podcast and do an interview with him, but oh, he he did he got back to me and said he was incredibly busy. It was around the time he was putting together the last two episodes, and he said he was under a lot of pressure to get those finished, so he couldn't at that time. So hopefully he'll come on and talk 
to us uh, at some stage. Well, uh, I sent him an email to say, to say thank you for doing it. Oh, well done. Yeah, I was just so sort of blown away by the whole thing, you know? And um, <clears throat> it's only three, you know, and, and, and that's the, the power of radio, isn't it? You know, you're just kind of, you get lost in this thing. And uh, it was just, as you say, the way he dealt with it, the, 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 what he's dealing with, by the way, people, if you're listening, is not um, a great subject to be listening to in the car with kids or anything. But the way he dealt with it is just so, just so nice and sort of gentle and, you know, sort of, but, but really incisive as well and asking sort of awkward questions in a mm. really nice way. Different oh, yeah. to Louis through different to you telling me I'm boring <laughs> sort of stuff oh, and by the way just to, to to chalk it down um you were late again today just just to, just getting that off my chest I am late but it was originally it was originally for two o'clock so I'm kind of early but then it was late for the rearranged time because somebody over Christmas turned the computer off and I had to start it cold oh and- <laughs> It was started cold. I had to start it did, up. Did you scrape stuff off the screen? Yeah, it was ice. <laughs> I had to fire it up. It was probably me. It was probably me that turned it off in the first. Of course, day. it was. It's always you that switches it off. Um, so, did Santa bring you stuff, nice things? Um, to me personally, I we myself and my wife kind of buy stuff for ourselves, and then what we do on the day is give each other like books and maybe some cosmetics or a few little sort of uh, stocking fillers. Um, but I'd I'd kind of just bought myself some clothes and some trainers and bits and pieces like that. So uh, I spend enough money on myself, Mike. Do you know what I mean? When it, you kind of get to a stage where if you need something, you buy it. And when it comes to Christmas, then I like getting socks and jocks and. Uh, so did I get anything in particular? I bought, uh, I, I, bought, I was online shopping for Christmas and, and an order came through and it was three pairs of trainers. Oh, <laughs> and my wife was like, I think you've, I think you've bought enough now. That, it, it, that came, the same type that came out of her mouth. No, three different types of, of runners, but uh, I liked them. And there, it was, it wasn't, there weren't huge money, but uh, I was just like, okay, fuck us. Uh, I'll just get the three of them. Um, hoping that they'd arrive at different times, but they arrived all the same day, and my wife was there when they arrived. So it was just she couldn't help herself; it just like came out. The words came out of her face. I think you spent enough now, and I was like, okay. Her face. <laughs> she couldn't. She couldn't pretend to be happy for me, you know. No, <laughs> not surprised. Um, two feet. And then we had a, an incident where a Santa Claus gift didn't arrive on time. So we're still waiting for it. Yeah. So that's, but that's the COVID, you know, the lockdown, was, things were a bit different. Um, so there's the, there's the guilt that comes with that, Mike, as well, that I'm dealing that with. That is the, the COVID and the lockdown. Yeah. Mm. That is, that, that's it. Yeah. 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 We've, we've had a couple of things not to show up as well, I think, but uh, I, I got a, um, an Amazon fire stick. Oh, is that a thing you plug into your telly or something? Or mm, yeah, a USB thing, is it? Yeah, and it's got uh, it's it's like Chromecast, but it's an awful lot better, and you can put different apps onto it. So suffice to say, I spent Christmas Day on the internet looking at ways to put apps on this thing, and I now have uh, pretty much anything that I want to watch anywhere in the world. I'm, uh, I'm, we, we are great lovers of uh, MasterChef. And 
specifically, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, MasterChef Australia. Australia, I think you did mention it before, yeah. But I never knew there was a MasterChef Bulgaria, which I now have as well. Yeah. (laughs) And how's MasterChef Bulgaria? Because I remember I went to Bulgaria on my holidays about about 26 years ago. And my recollection of the food was that they just basically, if you order spaghetti bolognese, it would be spaghetti and then some kind of mostly meal, uh, cereally, very maybe a bit of fatty stuff in a tomato sauce that was definitely there was very very little actual meat in the thing so so how's i'm, I'm sure things have improved in 25 well, they seem to eat a lot of um cucumbers <laughs> from what we could gather so far they are, eat a lot of cucumber and sort of pickling things are and... cucumbers the bulgarians potatoes possibly but they seem to pickle everything and do some things brilliant it's fantastic you should you should get it and watch it i gotta try we've got the uh, the brazilian version what kind of food do they like the brazilian the meat it's like oh just a big fucking like big like argentine like just a big massive steak and three three baby potatoes box. yeah I'd say the mystery box is just like a calf is dragged in. <laughs> Here you go, guys. Do what you want. Make a pair of shoes while you're at it for Keith over in Ireland. You, trainers and leather. If you ever, uh, I don't know, if you've ever been into an Argentinian steak place, that's all it is. It's just, you know, you might get two potatoes Lumps and meat. a little tiny bit of lettuce, but it's just meat. Yeah. Fucking oh, hell. God help their bowel movements, you know? Oh, but they look so great. Straining. They do, they're all tanned. They drink a lot of Merlot as well, I suppose, so. Yeah, Merlot and meat. The meat probably breaks down the Merlot. The the Merlot probably breaks down the meat (laughs) in the small intestine. That's where the secondary cooking happens in the colon, (laughs) just before it exits. That's that's what I'm serving up. I'm serving up the contents of my second, my small intestine, with a little sprig of parsley. It kind of looks like, it kind of looks and like three boiled potatoes. Three boiled potatoes. It kind of looks like pate, but it's delicious. It's it's like a foie gras out of my small intestine. Oh, but uh, so it's kind of like Apple. T- it's kind of like Apple TV then, I suppose, for all intents and purposes. Is it or is it? different because we have we know i've managed to get a couple i've managed to get a couple of apps that will allow me to watch everything um so it's it's all a bit i don't know how what the legalities i'm I'm not saying it's illegal no Uh, i'm just saying it's somebody told me to download some app and i've got rid of it since because it was just you know i prefer to pay disney the money rather than get it for free totally oh i i'm the exact same yeah you're, you're a good man. Yeah. Um, and thanks to Actually, Disney. we watched that new Disney movie. Oh, Soul. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was on the telly the other day. I put it on for the kids, but I wasn't watching it. And then I saw somebody said, actually, it's not really, it's more, an, it's kind of a cartoon for adults, really. Is, was it good? Yeah, I, I was surprised. It came up with like six plus on it. And we sat down on uh, St. Stephen's Day and thought, right, we'll watch this because it's on and people are talking about it. I didn't realise, number one, that Graham Norton had such a huge role in it. 
Yeah, somebody mentioned he was on it, but it, so he's he's got a big role. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of really deep for Disney, and it's a bit scary for Disney, for like six year olds and up. It says six plus. I was thinking one bit of it was kind of you know when they're looking at souls and stuff because it's it's not about just music; it's about souls and bigger questions and stuff like that. It's okay. uh, yeah, mortality and birth and death. Very interesting. You should watch it. I will. I definitely will. Yeah, it's there to be watched. Yeah. So um, I'll check yeah. it out. Thank you very much. That's Maybe you could review it like you, yeah, review it like you did the Phil Collins album. Yeah, the Phil Collins album. You see, I know this is the Christmas special and uh, I'm due to do my Phil Collins review, but I thought it'd be better for people if if I, if I they had to weigh it a little bit. <laughs> it, it, could become, it, could, it could become the new Barry Manilow drummer story because... Oh, because there we go. Yeah. Because the Barry Manilow's drummer story is going to be gone after today. So I thought, well, we need another Barry Manilow's drummer. And I thought Phil Collins' album review is just as exciting. Yeah, well, funnily enough, you named last week's podcast Snoop Doggy Dogging. Yeah. And we hadn't actually realized, or at the time, we hadn't discussed it, the fact that we were discussing, oh, I'm making, making a mess of this now, but we, we were discussing dogging, not Snoop Doggy Dog, but I actually met Snoop Doggy Dog a no. long, long time ago. Way. Yeah, you yeah. see, I just, I see, go on. I've decided to call our chats, give them a name, because what I was, when it's a guest on, I just say, uh, I just say the name of the guest, you know? And that's the name yeah. of the episode. So with mine, with our chat, it's like every week I was saying, oh, another chat, or chat with my friend, my friend Mike, or whatever. And I thought, I'll give it a name. So I think the first one was um, Phil Collins for some reason. Yes. And then the other one was Scousers in Trousers. And that was to do with your man from the Laz. And I'm just pick a name and try and rhyme it. So um, Snoop Doggy Doggers, I thought seemed apt yeah. and uh, yeah i didn't know so you met snoop dog i met the snoop yeah um snoop. yeah <clears throat> could somebody say just eat um he, he did he came did in... he stay in the hotel you were working in oh he did he did um, which which hotel it was the milestone hotel okay so is this the trendy one very nice little 52 bedroom around the corner from East to West Records. And I presume he had something to do with East West Records. Okay. But um, we had no idea. I had no idea who he was. Um, we had no idea he was coming in. Um, taxi actually was a big sort of murk opens up. And out comes this really, really, really skinny little kid. And he's younger than us. He's younger than me anyway. And um, he must have been, I'd say, 18, 19, 20. And um, I think he'd just done a record, but he'd also just been accused of doing something that he shouldn't have done. And um, literally, I took him and his bags to the room, got him set up, and he was like, yeah, man, you know, yeah, man, yeah, man. <laughs> thinking and I said you know are you are you in the music business yeah man I'm a rapper man I'm just gonna stop for it. I could just okay, imagine but... you standing there how are you in the music business sir <laughs> yeah literally. what's up yeah what's up yeah what's up yeah literally and I was like in, in, you know I was in a, 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 like a frock coat a woolen frock coat 
with like um you know a waistcoat and a suit and tie you know i was i was dressed up to the nines in this place it was like i don't know i looked, I, I looked like a leprechaun gone wrong <laughs> and um <clears throat> and uh he, he said sort of sitting there and i say hey, listen if you need anything just give us a shout you know what, as what you normally you, do what did you call him snoop no that wasn't his name at all i oh. can't remember what his actual name was but he came in under his normal name mr dog uh, raymond or something and uh so anyway, I come back down and uh, my manager calls me and says, listen, the police are here for you. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> what have I done? And uh, it was a real, um, on those days, you had bobbies on the beat. And we knew this particular policeman. He would walk around sort of saying hello and whatever. And how's it going? Oh, hello, 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 hello. Yeah. And he had the old hat on and everything. And bear in mind, we were across the road from Kensington Palace where uh, Princess Diana was living at the time and uh so we would have seen lots of police around the place and this guy was always on the beat and sort of it was his little bit of area and uh, he walks and goes yeah mike uh, listen uh just received a little bit of intel about a gentleman you've just taken to his room uh may need to keep an eye on this man uh uh, he's uh, he's been he is known to the police and uh, we want to make sure that uh, when he goes home that he actually does go to the airport and goes back to uh, the United States because he's wanted on several <laughs> United States. We had to keep an eye on him for a couple of days. Wow. And uh, at one point I went into the room to make sure he was all right because we were trying to leave messages and people were ringing him and everything. And um, he was obviously in his youthful sort of uh, state and uh, very happy with life or very sad with life, but he was making himself happy, if you know what I mean. And um, I was, walked in and there was, he was laying on the bed and there was just paraphernalia everywhere, you know, and it was like bits sticking into him. It was like the vaccine had arrived, you know, <laughs> you know, sort of stuff on his arm and oh, in a terrible state. And I'm sort of going, uh, hello, hello. You know, what's up, man? <laughs> like he's alive. I just closed the door and fucked up. So it wasn't just a bong or something. It wasn't just... No. No. Wow. Yeah, that was my first taste, really, of somebody being in company with somebody who was, you know, messing around, dabbling in, you know... Whatever they were dabbling in, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what it was. What Do you know what year that was? 92, 93, 94, 90, between 91 and 94, I want to say. 92... Uh, his real name is Calvin. Calvin, there you go. Um, I'm just trying to see if I could find out because there was a lot of stuff going on around that time with other rappers. Mm. Um, 1993, the singer's lawyer says the fatal shooting was done in self-defense. Oh, right. Okay, there you go. So yeah. rap singer faces charge of murder violence snoop doggy dog surrenders to police after eluding them long enough to appear at the mtv awards the singer's lawyer says the fatal shooting was done in self-defense um the real the the singer whose name is calvin broadus is wanted in shooting of uh, shooting death of philip walder marion on on the street in the palms district last month so that must have been around the time yeah 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 yeah, so yeah. Is... he was definitely wanted on charges i don't you know and they were very keen for us. The police were very keen for us to um, uh, make sure that when he left, we booked him a taxi to go to Heathrow and they took it up from there, I'm sure. They just wanted to follow his pretty much his every movement. 
they wanted to make sure he didn't like go and hide out in Devon. Yeah, or Brighton or something, or, yeah. or Northampton. Because you'd, you'd never find him. No. Um, <laughs> he'd have to come out of his bedroom at some stage to get more weed or something. Um, yeah. But that's gas. Cause, so, so that was quite a crazy time in his life. Um, yeah. And he was there. He's a nice fella. You in know. Our hotel. Yeah, no, he seems like a lovely guy, you know. Um, but yeah, his name is Calvin Cordozar Broadus Jr. is his name. So there you go. How, how old is he? He is, that's a good question now. Um, born 1971. So. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So he's 40, 29. He's about your age. <clears throat> yeah. He's a little bit younger than me. He's, he's definitely your age. That's cool. So, um, and and then there was no there was no issues because I remember, like did, I presume he just stayed. There was not no, he he stayed and oh, it was, nothing, it was all peaceful. Really was cool. Yeah, I remember a few guests uh, staying in juries, and in particular, and this was a surprise to me. Do you remember the Neville brothers? Yeah, Aaron Neville. Aaron, and, Aaron Neville. Yeah. yeah. So he had a song yeah. I remember when I was young. <laughs> That was Linda Ronstadt, wasn't it? And Aaron yeah. Neville. Did they talk like that? Kind of, yeah. So it was um, the Neville brothers, and they kind of they were all staying in rooms beside each other in juries. And my God, they stayed for about a week, I think. So they must have been gigging. Um, the smell of whatever the hell they were smoking. Just you just wow. like you reach the lift, you, you know, the lift door opens when you land on their floor <laughs> and it's just like fog. You know, it was like good lads. It was stinky. Oh my god. The That's smell how he gets place. his voice like that, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, they were that was the first uh yeah, they were like proper American, and I suppose pr- Older guys at that stage, probably maybe forties, approaching their fifties. Jesus, um, they would have been in nearly in the nineties. They would have been going into their sixties, maybe late fifties. You know? Do you reckon? Yeah, they were around a long time. They were, uh, but they were getting. They were. They just stayed in their rooms and got very stoned for however long they were staying Good with us. Good lads. Did they yeah. ring down and say? Can you give me a wake-up call in the morning? Yeah, they were like, I don't know much, but I know I have to be up at nine. Could you please? I need to know. The Aaron, the Neville brothers. Uh, but they were cool guys, I have to say. Like, you know, obviously very relaxed all the time. And uh, yeah, very, very chilled out. Um, I don't know. So the band formed in 1977. Didn't have to do much yeah. forming if they were all brothers. What are just There's Art Neville, there's Cyril Neville, there's Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville was the famous one. Mm. Um, so Aaron is... So he's 79 now. Yeah. Oh, yes, Push he would have done. Yeah. yeah. That's 30 years ago. Yeah, it'd be 50, uh, 49, 50. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any other stories not... of drugs, really. Uh, Actually, I do. Um, and you've only just reminded me of it. And you might remember this as well in juries in Kensington. Um, <clears throat> we were really busy. Um, I, I, I will never forget. We were very, very, very busy. 
And we we were used to booking the hotel like ten percent fuller than it would be. Oh know, yeah, overbooking. Yeah, oh. I remember that. I remember one particular night, and it was the and was a Schaefer was in charge. I don't know if you were working mm. there, but we had totally overbooked, and they were like sending people out in taxis to other hotels. It was just a fucking nightmare, like, and because people are, are arriving and the people were arriving late and. Then you're saying, look, we're going to put you in a taxi you're going to stay in this hotel. Then you can come back to us tomorrow. We'll arrange all the transfers and all that. But like people just want to check in. They don't want any of that shit. No. But at the same time, we were like getting Z beds, uh, which are fold out beds and oh. other mattresses from fucking the attic. I don't know where, what we were doing. And then like creating rooms with like five beds in them so people could stay. It was just I don't know what was going on, but it was just it was an absolute nightmare. And like yeah. the manager at the time was just hell bent on, you know, fixing this problem and you just feel uh, you know <laughs> i felt like looking at him going just just tell people you don't have a room and just don't overbook yeah. again you big ages but um we got to the stage where we would overbook like by 50 or 60 people and i'll never forget um because I, I don't know if you remember i was there longer than you um and we used to get um students in who had just done college courses in sort of you know in 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 Hotel management. Yeah, there was yeah. The, there was like a hotel management course. I think there was one in Athlone and, then, and there was yeah. one in Shannon and they'd just literally be out of college or just doing their like, like, I don't know, work experience for yeah. summer. And then, but they'd be like duty managers straight away. Yeah. Oh, they came in, the poor people. I'll never forget it. They came in. We made alcoholics out of most of them and put them on like late, early, late, early, late, early. So you'd be doing a three to 11 shift and then a seven to three shift all the time no days off contracts didn't matter working time directive didn't matter nothing mattered these people were here for you literally to to sort of use and we had one fella came in uh, and he hadn't been in college he'd come up and worked his way through the ranks and became a huge success in the jury's group and uh, he was a really skinny fella from cork and he was at that stage where they'd go whiter and whiter and whiter because they'd be so tired and they wouldn't <laughs> see sunlight. You know, they'd almost be blue, yeah. you know, in their morning suits. And I'll never forget him um, because a lot of them were afraid to tell people. So they'd ask me to tell people that actually, you know what, we, we're, we're overbooked tonight, um, but we're going to put you around the wherever, around the corner. Across the road, around the corner, yeah. There was the Queen's um, Gate, was it across the road? Yeah, the, the, the oh God, what was it? Uh, there was the Pelham up the road and round the corner. And yeah, 108 Queen's Gate up the top, the Gore. And uh, yeah, oh Jesus, I'll never forget it. Um, um, you know, a lot of them would say to me, go out there and have a chat with them. Yeah, I'm too, I'm too scared. To I'm too- <laughs> okay, go on. <clears throat> Matter of shit to me. So this particular night, um, it was like coming on 10 or 11 o'clock and we had no rooms left and we had 50 Italians on a bus due. Oh, and we were thinking, right, we're going to miss it now, lads. It's four minutes to 11. We're out the gap. And all of a sudden, a bus turns up. And uh, this particular fellow, he was a young fellow from Cork and he spoke like that and he was almost see-through and he hadn't slept in four weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just ready for the breakdown. He, literally ready for it. And he'd had to deal with the bus almost under identical sort of situation about three weeks previous and um the woman had lost the head the tour guide had completely lost the head gone completely italian about the whole thing screaming and shouting 
and like bowled him into the lobby and it got louder and louder and louder and he was like left like shocked for days um no amount of coffee would get him back you know slapping his face and sort of stuff come on get yourself together man it's gonna be fine <laughs> but yeah, people, people don't realize that's just that the italians just talking normally he was yeah but but she went nuclear <laughs> on this particular event so uh we're standing there four minutes to 11 and he looks at me and he goes Sure, I better go out and do this one, I suppose. You know, get back in the saddle and all this kind of stuff, right? Oh, wow. He walks the door opens and he's he's going, he's talking to the driver. He said, I'm afraid, don't don't open any doors because we're going to put you in the Pelham around the corner uh, because we, we have a flood. That was the, the excuse we used to use. We have a flood on the third floor and out comes this woman like some sort of a cartoon hissing and spinning you told me this three weeks ago oh same woman (laughs) you never got your flood on your third floor fixed you little piece of shit (laughs) 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 oh christ you poor man he was crying actually after it he was so you know i had to take him i had to sort of stand in front of him take one for the team and sort of say listen whatever we ain't got any rooms you know, you're just you're just making a bad situation worse. We're going to sort you out. And I think I went in, gave her, got petty cash and gave her like 50 quid and said, listen, sorry for your troubles, love. Off you go. And she was fine for a finish. Oh, wow. <laughs> Something, there's not many things that cash can't fix. No, no, no. Especially it was going straight into her bin, you know, because, and these, the, the sad thing about turning these people away was because we used to get 50p or 25 pence per bag. So we would yeah. be like gutted. Turn in like could be twenty five quid's worth of bags or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, disaster. I remember. I remember it well. But rem- uh, yeah, talking about that hotel, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling now. I'm rambling, no, no, it's good. I'm going to forget this story if I don't. If I'm to tell you, it was the the when the Australian young fellas came to stay. Do you remember that? The Australian young fellas. Yeah, you. That would ring a bell if you knew the story. Okay. Um, so obviously not. Again, I we were have, full. I mustn't have been there. Yeah, you'd have remembered, I'm sure. So I suppose to, to put the whole story in context, we were full and uh, in came some really young Aussies backpacking, wearing their hats like you do, you know, back to front, that sort of baseball, <laughs> back, sort of cool kind of way, uh, you know, sort of colour matching and all that sort of stuff. And they had actual backpacks and stuff. And I thought, this just a bit odd. And they said, no, no, mate, we're here for like um, three nights, four nights, and uh, we'd like some keys to our rooms and all this. It's great. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. And, uh, mate, do you have uh, like um, security boxes here? You know, like safety boxes? I said, yeah, we do. We have safe boxes at the back. And do you remember we had the master key and they would have to have the other key? You'd give them one key and, yeah, you'd have to have the two keys. You'd both go into the room put the keys yes. in at the same time, then you'd step out of the room and they'd do their business. Yeah, it was like Jason Bourne. Remember when he got the keys and the thing? Yeah, you know, it was exactly like that. Yeah, it was very much like that, but it was an old <laughs> shitty room uh, yeah. that we had a key to get into and whatever. And not many people knew that I had the actual double master key. So if in the event that we needed to open up a security deposit box, somebody died or whatever, we had access to it without okay. drilling it out and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> But that was kept in another safe that had to be signed in and out and all sorts of stuff. Very confusing. But so we, we were there and these Australian guys, yeah, before we get to the room, mate, can we, is there any chance we can use one of your safes? 
Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, yeah, no problem whatsoever. So we had a, like little safes up on the top, which were passport wallet sort of watch sizes, and then mid medium sized ones. And down the bottom, we had some like lockers, and they were big. Yeah, mate, we're going to need three of those. Oh. I was like, okay, what? You know, are you just putting like clothing is okay here, lads? And I know that they'd been backpacking and stuff, and I said, listen, your rooms aren't going to get your rooms are secure. No, 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 mate, we we need three big ones, eh? Okay, fair enough. So sorted them out with their keys. No problem whatsoever. I thought no more of it until about a day later, they came down and said, can you, can you get us like a car? We want to go to, uh, we've heard about this place. It's got like uh, fun fairs and all this sort of stuff. It's near Nottingham. And I went, yeah, I forget the name of the the, the park now. It's up in the Midlands. And uh, I said, yeah, it's a fun park. It's got all these sort of rides on it. And all this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get us tickets for that? I'm sure I can. Yeah, because we want to go up there in like a limo or like a really smart limo. Jesus, a bit off. That's but off they went. Um, all of a sudden, they go out for the day, and um, the general manager says to me, Listen, we're gonna have to move some people on the fifth floor. Um, and some of them we haven't got room for. I'm gonna have to, it's gonna get a bit messy, so bear with us and come up and just smooch and do whatever you want to do, and sort of make sure that people know that we you know we're going to upgrade them the next time they come just to make sure that everyone's happy about the whole situation yeah so we cleared about six or seven rooms i mean some people were out shopping and they came back and all their bags were packed oh, you know God. and sort of like i was there saying to them i'm sorry but we've had to give you a room to somebody else oh, wow. and in came about 10 30 year old swarthy looking men and um they checked in, no bags or whatever, straight up to the fifth floor. I'm none the wiser as to what's happening. Um, nobody kept me in the loop whatsoever. And um, one of them came down and said, listen, have you got the keys to the security boxes? Yeah, I said, you want one? No, 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 just making sure you got the keys. Cool, yeah, no problem. Have you got keys just in case we need to get into one? Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Great. Thought, what's going on here? And um, all of a sudden... I say day four, these lads had been and done everything. They'd gone to Phantom front seats, you know, front row. They'd yeah. done Miss Saigon front row. They'd gone to Babendum to eat. These are the guys uh, that the, 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 the guys who had checked in, the swarthy looking guys, right? No, no, these are the Aussies. Oh, the Aussie guys, right? So Sorry. they'd done everything in us. So they'd done, they'd done London proper. Yeah, they'd done London and England proper. And you're thinking there's something that just doesn't fit here. And, um, all of a sudden, the lads are checking out, and uh, one of them comes over to me and says, yeah, can I get the uh, safety deposit boxes now? I've got the three keys. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. And uh, Can I ask you, Mike? Sorry yeah. to ruin your story. but maybe not. Uh, Let's see, you were just, so, so I presume you hadn't connected, you hadn't made any connections. You were just like, these Aussie guys, bit odd. They've obviously got yeah. a few quid or something, something something but you hadn't connected the other guys who checked in or anything no not in the least what was the guy who looked who was come who was when they were checking out when he said i want to just go into the security uh security deposit what was, what was his mat like he was just very relaxed was he yeah really cool as you know cool as anything this aussie guy and he's like yeah mate yeah we go in here and they were young lads and a bit of crack with them and stuff you know i'd made quite a lot of money at him well, they obviously had a few quid to throw around and they were making yeah, sure they yeah. were looking after people. 
and uh yeah we just gotta go you know we gotta go meet some guys and do this and do that and do the other and we need uh we need access to that we're gonna check out can you get us a taxi yeah no bother whatsoever get this tap on my shoulder from one of the dark swarthy looking fellas to say we'll take it from here and then I can see Seamus McGowan, the general manager, sort of looking at me from his office and outrun the other three or four swarthy looking fellas who are all now in SWAT gear coming towards me and going, oh, Jesus, what's going on here? And uh, we'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. And there's badges and there's Met Police and there's this, that and the other coming over. And all of a sudden there's police cars outside the front of the hotel and it's all gone pear shaped. And a police officer says to me, can you come in here? We need a witness to just come in and witness us counting something in here i said yeah okay so opened up the three security boxes deposit boxes and watched them count 68 i think it was or 69000 pounds oh, in sainsbury's bags and these lads had been to bangkok on their way through and then to dubai or something and had done some drug deal and were muling the cash over and we're about to drop it somewhere and had taken their cut and gone hog wild <laughs> been watched at every moment there was oh. listening devices in the rooms everything i was like oh jesus lads this is gonna oh. be on television oh man yeah fucking idiots what was the how did they react in the moment the young lads well two of them tried to bolt mm. Uh, when they saw what was happening, but of course they were at the front door. There were just there were police officers everywhere, so it was like it was really kind of like yeah, you can run, lads. But they, like, there's like literally this front row of police officers standing in front of them, big lumps of lads. They weren't going to get anywhere, so they just kind of cuffed them and put them all into the back of a big paddy wagon and off they went. Never heard a thing since. Wow! And yeah. obviously you didn't go home then, and you were like, oh, it wasn't on the news or anything. No, it wasn't on the news. And I remember I just bought my first flat. I was thinking, Christ, if I'd have only known, I could have checked, take whip one of those bags. Yeah. And then, like, when, when, the, when they went to check, you'd be like, God, oh, I don't know. Nobody yeah. would have known. You, no. like, you, you could have taken all of the money. The lads would have, would have gotten away. I mean, they'd have been shot by whoever they owed the money to, but... It's uh, okay. Not, that was a price <laughs> I was going to pay. <laughs> you'd have been set. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And those guys were the Australian Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the tribute band. No, yeah. they were just four young, four hundred young fellas. They were. That's mad. Yeah. I like That's that this. I like that they spent their cut on like uh, going to whatever it was, an amusement park. You know, riding oh, roller yeah. coasters and eating in nice restaurants and going to Phantom of the Opera. I mean, they, they had good taste. Oh, yeah, but it was Alton Towers was the name of the park. Alton Towers, and, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. You've just, you literally jolted that memory out of my head there. Yeah. That's, that's my special skill. Um, and, uh, yeah, but like, you know, they didn't just, because obviously I'd be interested, I mean, you'd notice, like, they weren't just getting fucking wasted. Like, they weren't like Snoop Dogg. No. Oh, no, they were living each day like it was the last. You know, they were they were going for it. But not I mean, in a... Bebendum uh, was a Michelin star restaurant and these four lads, like they wouldn't even dress up, go in there. You know, it was in those days where you, people did make an effort to go out, sort of go, you know, they were going to the Ivy and where's really nice to eat, mate? <laughs> you know, not, not like fucking McDonald's. I want to go somewhere really nice. 
but they weren't getting like hammered or they weren't buying no. drugs or they weren't, you know. No. I'd say they were just kind of going to move into an apartment in Earl's Court afterwards and work in bars like regular Ollie's used <laughs> like to in those days. Oh, Mike, I think I think I think our Christmas special was a, a success. I think we did you think well. So? It was drug fueled. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we we had some ideas, but nobody. Uh, well, we didn't do them. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the ideas were now. It's been so long. Like I mean, such yeah, a long time since. Well, maybe I... we'll do a New Year special. Maybe we'll do the Barry Manilow for New Year. Oh, the Barry Manilow's drummer. We got to do that. Yeah. And the yeah. Phil Collins album review for New Year's. Phil Collins, yeah, in the air tonight. <laughs> Mike, I have to go. Uh, myself and my wife are going to a place called Emo Court, which is um, is a place near where we live, where we're, we can just go and walk. We're going for a walk, basically. Oh, lovely. Well, enjoy. Have a nice romantic walk. And if I don't hear from you, I'll see you beforehand. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. And what's your yeah. plan now for the rest of the day? Any... No, scratch no. it. You're going yeah. to enjoy watching uh, Master Chef Botswana. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, interesting ones. There's even more uh, bizarre ones. There's uh, Portuguese. They uh, even do reruns of the Irish one, which was dreadful. Oh, I can't imagine that was much good. I <laughs> was shite. It was really bastard Chef was called, and everyone was a bastard. <laughs> It was very short. I think there was only like six episodes. There's a New Zealand one as well, MasterChef New Zealand. I think, was the Ireland one just like celebrities or something? No, 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 no. no. Um, you won. I know you won that won it. She's um, she's from Limerick and she's the great-granddaughter or the granddaughter of the person who came up with Flahaven's Oats. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's not surprisingly, everything was fucking oat-based. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's like it's i call it i call it porridge um basically uh milk with oats and she what? did everything in threes all of her dishes were all like trip, like little pots of three things and they were all had oats in them uh she was the first um irish master chef winner. i like the fact that you know her because that's real irish isn't it like yeah, 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 yeah. I think she, her family were quite a deal back in the day. Mary Carney. Her father was fairly famous. No. Tamarin Blackmore. No. Are the two people that it says here are Irish MasterChef Ireland winners. Four seasons. Oh, hang on a second now. There's other results. Not Mary Carney. Not Shane Cullinan, because that's a, not a, that's a bloke. Oh, Dylan McGrath and Nick Munier were the judges. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I. That's the noise I make when I can't. Contestants. What year? What year? Celebrity Master of 2013. Can't even find the fucking. Yeah, I do remember now. I do remember those guys being. Yeah, Nick Munier was sort of he had an English accent with a French bit. He was sort of like Nick Munier. Uh, yeah, and Dylan McGraw was just a bastard. He was very good. He's like, yeah, that's 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 not great. That's not. I wouldn't serve that to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. Yeah. Listen, I don't like you, so I'm not going to eat your food. 
there's actually a Canadian version of MasterChef as well, right? And there's uh, an Asian, one of the, um, the judges is an Asian, and he looks like the guy who is in those Hangover movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the comedian dude. What's yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's, he's Thai, and he's... And he does, he does a scream, you can't stop that off his rubbish for me. <laughs> Brilliant. Maybe I'll start getting into watching these um, Do. Master Chef from around the world. I, don't, I, I watch the Australian ones sometimes because they're quite, uh, the judges, are, the, they have like 27 judges and they're all lined up. They're more judges than contestants. No, they've only got see. three judges. Sometimes it looks like they've lost judges. <laughs> the judges are the guys in the white doing the cooking, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, listen. You need to go walk with your wife, hand in hand, and uh, you know, tell her you love her. It's the it's the title of my new book, A Walk with My Wife. Mm. Um, I will tell her I love her. Uh, hopefully, she'll say it back to me because she usually goes, "That's nice, dear." Oh, that's a good thing, though, isn't it, Mike? No, 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 no. You need that. You need to have that confirmed. I say, I love you, and she tap me on the on the knee and go, "That's lovely, dear." Now, can I? Uh, no. You're just referring to the back of your knee being nice. <laughs> okay, have Listen. a have a lovely day and mind yourself. And uh, I had this, I had a crazy idea that uh, a, a while ago that every like over Christmas we should do a podcast every day, you know, just for our own sanity. But um, not a bad idea. I'm up for it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll try it next in a couple of days next week. What day is it today? I have no idea. Monday. It's a bank holiday. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I can get one up tonight. As, hey, Fanar, Fanar. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. After the walk with the wife. Could she? Hey, that's nice, dear. Um, and uh, maybe we'll see you about tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Let me know. All right, we'll talk. Good luck. Love you. Wish you bye. 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 Goodbye. 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 Well, there you go. I had fully intended uh, at the start of the podcast to do a little intro as to what was in the podcast. And I didn't at all. So we covered quite a lot there, uh, including how our Christmases went. Um, we got on to hotel stories. The Neville brothers. Is the Neville Aaron Neville? Not the Neville brothers. You probably think they're singers. Uh, look, look them up. Uh, Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville, I think, had a big, big hit. And that was the impression we were doing. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Um, that's my impression of the Nevilles. Um, what else we talk about? We talk about Master Chef. Yeah, Michael. Michael. Mike is a big fan of Master Chef, and uh, we talked about oh the Aussie criminals. Yeah, those young lads. That was a crazy story, wasn't it? Um, I didn't review Phil Collins, which I'll do in our Christmas special. I mean, our New Year special. That was supposed to be a Christmas special. Um, Barry Manilow's drummer wasn't talked about, but we did talk about Snoop Doggy Dog, which was interesting, wasn't it? He's met them all, that Mike fella. Unbelievable. Anyway, it's time for me to go and join my family or put up another podcast. I'll definitely get this one edited and get it up uh, in just a little while. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, as always, do subscribe, do rate, do write a review, all those things. Tell your friends about the podcast and you can email the podcast, keithwalsh.walsh uh, at gmail.com. Uh, for any reason at all and there is a contributors link in the description of the podcast if you want to throw us a few quid 500,000 or even 50 grand like you know what 10 grand would be lovely but you know I don't expect it every month unless you like 10 grand a month would be great um, that's it I gotta go
have a good evening. Enjoy the rest of your, of 2020. And uh, yeah, the rest of your weird time between Christmas and New Year's. And don't eat too many chocolates. I'm going to go eat some now. See you later. Bye. Good luck. Well, I wish it could be Christmas every day. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 